and welcome to another episode of Okay, Now What? Um, we have a special guest host today, Orlando Arias Pulido. Hey, someone has the same last name as me. And, you know, you have all the others. Uh, we have Elizabeth, Thomas, Jason, and me, Greg. Um, so let's get on with today's show. Okay. Uh, let me just prepare myself for this, okay? So today, um, so earlier this week, Bernie Sanders was going to force um, a vote on adding the $15 minimum wage to uh, the COVID relief bill. Now, the Senate held a vote to add that amendment, and with a vote of 58 to 42, um, they voted against it. That's a weird number, 58. Well, seven Democrats and one independent voted against adding that to the bill, and let me just show you who they are. So, these lovely people decided that you don't deserve a living wage, especially in a pandemic. And if Cinema Tester Coons Mansion, uh, Shahani, what? That's such a weird Shane. name. Shane. Okay. Shaheen. 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 <laughs> oh, Hassan. Carper and King, if any of these bitches are your senators, honey, get them out of office right now. But um, and then not just that, but we also had Kristen Cinema on the Senate floor going, nah. This is dis disgusting. She is obviously on board with the fact that people are working poverty wages and she's okay with you working poverty wages during a pandemic. This is disgusting. Okay, um, Jason, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this. I, I am pretty stunned at, at this today and um, well, I've got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff to say about it. You know, Chris Coons, one of the people who voted no here, I actually went out to Delaware back in September and I, uh, canvassed for, um, on behalf of brand new Congress. Uh, they asked me to bring a team out to Delaware and we canvassed for, for Jessica rain, who was running against Chris Coons. Um, but, uh, that wasn't happening. I mean, it doesn't make sense in Delaware. It's a, it's a solidly blue state. It's not like mm -hmm. they're ever going to lose an election. Um, and, uh, what one of the things that really comes out of this for me is that is that the next time the Democratic Party uh, asks voters to get up off their asses with some urgency and to make some wins happen because these seats are critical and if we can, you know if we don't win these seats then nothing you know nothing good is going to happen and and for for us to following those Georgia wins to to get this out of the Democratic Party it is it is just I I'm. I'm almost beyond words. I don't know what is going mm -hmm. on with this party right now. It is it is stunning to me. And I was looking up uh, Kristen Cinema. She used to be a spokesperson for the Green Party, if you can believe that. Yeah. I, you know, she's got a, she's got a master's in social work. Yeah, she's got a master's in social work. She's been a college professor. I just I I I can't I can't believe that 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 is her. Uh, such a flippant, disrespectful money, money corrupt. She didn't drink the Kool Aid. She chugged people. it. <laughs> woo, woo. So, 
So I don't know. I mean, today has been a rough day for me. But here's the other thing I do want to say, and I say this as a candidate for Congress myself. I'm running in Washington 2nd Congressional District. We, we saw today the need for progressive wins, mm-hmm. not just to beat Republicans, but to beat these corporate Democrats. Because obviously a Democratic majority is not important if we can't – I mean – Imagine, go back, go back 50, 60 years to civil rights and Medicare and, and imagine LBJ just sitting back and saying, well, I guess Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema run the show here. No, LBJ leaned on people, right? There was a guy called Wilbur Mills. He was the chair of the House Ways and Means Committee. He was not in support of Medicare and he was going to hold it up in committee. And LBJ leaned on him and he said, you know what? You can either do the right thing for this country, you know, you can have your name. Everybody says, hey, everybody's going to know Wilbur Mills. Of course, we don't. But, you know, you can either do that or, you know, you're going to be the guy who prevented people getting the help that they need. Mm -hmm. And he relented and we got Medicare for all. And here we have Biden. And I'm sorry, I'm taking I'm just so frustrated. And here we have Biden doing absolutely nothing nothing to reach out to these democrats and say you need to get on board with our agenda and the reason is biden doesn't want you to have 15 dollars. Yeah. i can't think of any other reason nothing will yep. fundamentally change i'm done yeah mm-hmm. elizabeth go ahead sorry um yeah so i'm just glad that bernie forced the vote because there was talk about not even allowing a vote to occur. So I'm kind of glad that the senators are on the record mm-hmm. in not supporting a $15 minimum wage. So I'm glad that has come to light, just like how Jason said, we know who to identify to primary and hopefully get them out of the Senate because they don't deserve to be representatives of the mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Thomas? Uh, well, I think uh, that, I mean, we'll forget is this could have all been avoided if Kamala Harris and Joe Biden had just overruled the parliamentarian in the first mm-hmm. place. This could have all been avoided. Uh, and not doing so proves that what Jason said, they don't want, they really don't want to do a $15 minimum wage at the end of the day. They don't want to fight for it. Because uh, they could have, they could have fought for it if they just done that in the first place. Um, and I think the problem, the other issue is uh, people like Christian uh, Cinema. I mean, they're all mil- every single one of these people who voted it down are all millionaires. Every single one of them. Yeah. Right? And they obviously yeah. are so out of touch. Um, just to put it in perspective, Cinema's state. Uh, under eight eight hundred thirty nine thousand people earn under $15 an hour in her state, right, alone. And if you look at the numbers, in fact, I'll get them up now, but if you look at 2019 um, and you see the amount of people or the sort of ratio of people who generally earn less than $15 an hour, mm-hmm. of people who earn less than $15 an hour are Hispanic women. 40% of people who earn less than $15 an hour are black women. And 
I just want to point to something that came out after all this with the the cinema's you know reaction of doing the thumbs down thing. Yeah. Right? Her spokesperson said it's sexist to comment on a female politician's po body language or physical demeanor when a Huffington Post inquired about her thumbs down vote on a minimum wage right and so i i, I point to this because what what this is inevitable identity politics will be used to protect these people from working against actually helping the very people like her her actions not only hurt women but hurt yeah. women of color like minorities hispanics and for her to use identity politics in this way is absolutely disgusting. She tried playing the woman card on something that literally hurts women. Yeah. Wow. Orlando, please give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think, um, like, I knew already, like, Mansion and Cinema were going to vote no because, like, they're establishment. Mm -hmm. They're not for the people. They put profits over people. And, like, back like it was like back in 20, 2007 where like the minimum wage was just raised to seven dollars like these people earn 85 dollars an hour giving a thumbs down to a minimum mm -hmm. wage while there's people <laughs> who are getting evicted because they can't have a 15 dollar minimum wage while the rent is going up every single year because of gentrification the minimum wage is still staying the same it's still staying the same yeah you know yeah and like we need to get these establishment then out of office um, as soon as possible. We need to establish people. We need to put people into office who are for the people, not for their own self. Yeah. You know? It's, and it's, I read something. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I read something on Now This where like three out of four voters want a $15 minimum wage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 80%. It's 80% 80, 80 of Democrats, yeah. over 80% of Democrats want a $15 minimum wage. So, so who, are you who are you catering to here? Like, who, who, this, like mm -hmm. sorry, go on, Elizabeth. No, and just like, we're in California, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we need a $20 minimum wage. Like, yes. Well, we're supposed to have a yes. $25 minimum wage right now. <laughs> yes. if, profits, yes. if, if wages were supposed to increase, as they should have been with inflation, we would all be making $25 minimum wage. I, I want to point out yeah. that it's not inflation; it's productivity gains. Oh, but, you, you're gains but, but you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, though, because if if you look at seven dollars twenty five cents an hour today, it's less than it was in nineteen sixty eight because of mm -hmm. inflation, right? So you're earning less than someone at a minimum wage in nineteen sixty eight if you're on seven dollars twenty five cents. In fact, the the correct number would be twelve dollars an hour if it was with inflation, right? But that uh, that means. To say that you only deserve $12 an hour is suggesting you only deserve a wage that is comparable to a 1968 minimum wage income earner. Yeah. Wow. And so you're and so you're suggesting that we should just stay the same. You know, someone who's who's doing a paper round in 1968, you, you deserve that wage forever. You don't wow. deserve anything better. And that's what they're suggesting here. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. That is so yeah. crazy. And also, like, the 2020 election, um, there was a ballot initiative in Florida to raise the minimum wage, to raise the to raise the state minimum wage, and they passed it. So I don't know why um, what's, uh, it's Marco Rubio and 
Oh, it's Trump. um, DeSantis. No, no, that's the governor. I meant the Sanders. Um, oh, Marco Senator. Rubio, Marco Rubio, and uh, Jason, we can't hear you, honey. It's Marco Rubio. I, I believe it's it's Rick Scott. Rick yeah, Rick Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah. If if majority of Florida voters voted to raise the minimum wage, how come they didn't vote to raise the minimum wage federally? Yes. Well, and yes. in Arizona, where cinema is from, their way I think their minimum wage is already thirteen and a quarter. You know, so she may not she may not feel such a backlash from the Arizona voters mm-hmm. in terms of you know, but and and also is able to make this vote because they are already actually have a fairly high minimum wage. But I wanted to po- point out before we move on. This is the third week in a row, if memory serves correctly, where we have gone to ourselves. Do the Demo- does the Democratic Party want to lose the 2022 congressional elections? You Looks know? like and it. I, and I, and yeah, I, it does. I anticipate, <laughs> I anticipate week after week after week saying to myself, they want to lose. I don't know. I don't know why they're 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 voting like this. It's like they want to lose in 22. I can't understand it. Not one. Not an iota, I can't. Honestly, if they were going to do this bullshit, they might as well just have let Trump stay for another term. Yeah. Like, I'm saying that. And that's, oh, and that's no, really bad. Not. No, no, no. I'm I know, but that's really bad. The fact that I'm saying that. That just yeah. goes how bad the Democrats are being right now. Let's move on because, I, you know, we, we but, could... But you, you, bring up, you, you bring up a good point, and that is that the urgency or being told that Trump is an existential threat to voters to force them out. I, I think about people who canvass and said, if you vote for Joe Biden, he'll give you a $15 minimum wage. If you vote for Joe Biden, he'll do all these things. And him not doing this means mm-hmm. those people will stay at home in the midterms. They won't yeah. come out. It's, it's, I, it's I would, like I would feel writers. ashamed. I would yeah. feel I would feel shame if I was one of those canvassers, mm-hmm. and, and I told those people that he would do these things. Like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have literally just said to everybody who canvassed for them that we don't give a shit about you. We don't care that you did all this for us. Like, you know, and they're not going to do it next time. Like, why would and you? It's true, <laughs> Thomas. It's so true. You bring up such a good point. They are mm-hmm. putting the integrity of their canvassers on the line. This is not just them. This is all the people who desp- decided to spend weekends, days, hours, phone banking and text banking and knocking doors and 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 convincing people yeah. that the Democratic Party was worth voting for. And that's that's your integrity. I mean, me as me as a canvasser myself, I'm active in local party politics. That's my integrity that's on the line. I convinced you to do something, and now, you know, you have sold me down the river as somebody who even wants to volunteer for you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and have Elizabeth close us. Um, I guess just what Thomas was saying, poverty wages is an existential threat for many people. So, yeah, we're, Mm -hmm. we're getting in trouble. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. So, um, all right, so Seth Harris, which is um, uh, Biden's top labor advisor, was quietly hired um, for the that position in the White House on Tuesday. Now, he, 
Harris was uh, President Obama's former acting and deputy um, secretary of labor. Um, But he's also been known for something else, which is laying the groundwork for gig companies like Uber to undermine workers' rights. Yeah, so Seth Harris laid uh, the critical groundwork for Prop 22, which was a California ballot initiative that allowed gig companies to escape classifying their workers as employees, which also um, allowed them to not guarantee them a, um, a, a living wage. It didn't, um, it let them not give them any like health benefits or uh, any benefits at all, really. Um, it, it, it's very sickening, you know, and this goes for the entire cabinet because people are always saying that this is the most diverse cabinet in American history. Look at all this diversity. Okay, but where's the substance? Where is the actually helping a normal everyday people this person should not be allowed to to be in charge of labor this person is anti-working class this person is anti just regular people he is not for the people he should not be near the white house um orlando go i see you shaking your head go ahead and give me your thoughts (laughs) yeah i was a um big uh supporter on no on 22 because i've um done uber with my dad and like the way they just like mistreat the uber drivers like they withheld his money Mm because he didn't do something right because someone gave him a bad rating on uber because he was apparently he was driving too slow and so another thing is that half of the money that the drive costs only goes to like not even half like most of it goes back to the company and like only Mm -hmm. a part goes back to like the person driving and also they don't pay for health benefits they don't pay for gas like people want to join these rideshare um, app companies to get a job a part-time job but when these apps the rideshare companies are not even offering them a quality um, a quality job you know Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm pissed that we have an uh, acting secretary of of what did you say um well he well he is um biden's top labor aid advisor yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. now we have an acting um, labor advisor who said yes on giving these big big ride share companies a big thumbs up on Mm -hmm. profits over people yeah it's sickening um thomas you want to add anything well, I mean, a, a bit of history on Seth Harris. I mean, he, he worked for the Dentons, and what the Dentons, uh, a bit like, um, what was the one that Pete Buttigieg worked for, McKinsey? Same sort of thing, mm-hmm. where where they li- he literally uh, uh, lobbied, basically lobbied the government, so that was his job, uh, to do a bit of union busting. I mean, that was the whole, the whole his whole background. And so... I mean, this is this has been part of the course of the Biden administration. They say one thing publicly, and then behind closed doors, they hire people like Seth Harris to actually gut workers' rights, and that's what and that's what Prop Twenty Two did. I mean, to put to put it in perspective, right? With Prop Twenty Two, the moment it passed, Vaughn's and Albertsons stores in California laid off every single one of their full-time union delivery drivers. Right, the moment it passed, 
every single delivery driver mm-hmm. and they change them to contractual workers. So when I, when I say, <clears throat> when I say that it doesn't matter if we raise the minimum wage, if, the, if, if, if they just shift uh, traditional employment, uh, what you would consider full-time employed, you know, traditional employed people to contractual gig work, there's ways of getting around just paying out the minimum wage, which is what's happening with Prop 22. So there's shifting whole entire uh, segments of the market and the economy into this contractual gig work because they have the power to do so now. And to, to think that Prop 22 won't go nationwide, of course it's going to go nationwide. Mm-hmm. It's so It was so successful. Yeah. It was so successful at de- disenfranchising um, large swaths of uh, employed people. Um, and so, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm, not, I'm just not surprised. I mean, M- Mina Harris, um, she was also uh, part of the Uber's board. Well, I don't know if she, she, was, she was in Uber. And she's related to Kamala Harris. So this goes way deeper than just appointments. <sighs> like the, the whole administration is like in cohorts with gig companies. That. That's disgusting. <clears throat> um, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, it frustrates me. Uh, Jason, um, well, you had your little pretty kitty playing around with you right now. I was, I was playing, I was playing with the cat. <laughs> Go um, ahead and share something. Well, I mean. I, I think I don't Thomas has said a lot about this particular pick, but I think we have seen from the start um, that we have not had progressive cabinet picks, that we have had industry people being put in cabinet sl- slots. Um, it is it is the same as the Obama administration. Um, and, and and so we can expect the the advice that Biden will be getting will be advice from industry. It will be not. It will not be advice that is beneficial to the working class. Uh, it will not be advice that is beneficial to marginalized communities, uh, people who need assistance from from our government. Um, and you know, I just I come back to my my expectations for the future of this administration are so low right now. Yeah, they're 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 just. You know, I I I wanted to have you know. We were told, and and I work I work in dem- local Democratic Party politics, and and people people get on me all the time because I'm an I'm a naysayer. I'm a like, you know, watch what's happening here. Watch what's happening, you know. And people are like, oh no, we literally we have to trust Joe Biden. We just have to trust Joe Biden. And and here we are uh, on so many fronts already, uh, where where the things that I had said months and months and months ago. And continue to say leading up to this, keep your eye on the ball, see what's happening here. They're coming to fruition. Um, and and all I am left to wonder is, how does this turn out in 2022? Um, how do you, how does the Democratic Party hold on to power with these, with, with, with uh, the cabinet picks that they're making and the results uh, of those cabinet policies on the average American? It's just going to be, it's going to be disastrous. Um, and yeah. I'm sad about it. I'm, I, I really, you know, I was a Bernie guy. I think we were all Bernie people here probably, mm-hmm. but you know, in, in the face of this is what we have to deal with. You ha- you have to go into it optimistic, right? You have to be like, all right, let's just get the best that we can. And it's just feel, it just feels like we're kicked in the teeth at every turn. So yeah. that's, 
I have that's not at all constructive. That's just yeah. purely emotion right there. Yeah. I just want to point out. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, quickly. I just want to point out. Seth Harris was uh, acting Labour secretary under Obama. So this this this, this is a continuation right. from the Obama period. Like yeah, you know, uh, it, sure. he's taken he's taken Obama staff and just placed them in his own administration. But yeah. sorry, go on, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yeah, give us your two cents. Um, yeah, I was a I was campaigning out there this past election for no for uh, no on Prop Twenty Two just because I knew I knew that California is a leader in a thing kind of like uh, the federal policy. So I think this is a huge indicator of where the country is going to head next, which is undermining uh, workers' rights by letting these corporations hire contract work. And maybe somebody can help me with this, but I believe that if companies or corporations no longer have to have that direct employee, they get to not pay like social security or like certain yeah. taxes no longer yeah. apply to them. It's a difference, which is going it's, it's a difference between being an employee or a contractor. You're absolutely yeah. right. There is that difference. So yeah. they want people to sign, they want to people hurt, to sign up as contractors. It's going to hurt other um, ways that the federal government collects taxes. Um, and like Thomas was saying, it's just so weird because Joe Biden not too long ago said that he supported the Amazon workers unionizing, but then he uh, he appoints somebody like this, mm. and it's kind of like you're doing the political theater, uh, but you're not backing it with the correct policy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Elizabeth. Oh. No, go ahead. Sorry. Go. I was just about to go yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Elizabeth. How like Joe Biden says, "Yes, let's support Amazon union workers," and like he just turns around and says, "Okay, let's not support them." You know, uh-huh. it's like just political theater. He's like, he's two faced. <laughs> like, has Biden he said anything? Uh, has he said anything at all in support of the Amazon workers who are trying to unionize in Alabama? I I don't yeah. think he has. No, he no. he he made a statement. Um, yeah. No, he didn't. Okay, now he never really uh, called them out by name, but he was clearly talking about the Amazon workers in Alabama. Yeah, um, what did he say? Um, he was saying that um, the federal government supports the right to unionize. He was okay. saying, uh, "I, um, I support blah blah blah." You know, he was saying that he supports the right for workers to unionize, uh, and that any anyone trying to push pop propaganda or anything is basically breaking law. Um, but and that's Prop 22. That's Prop 22. I they know. put millions of dollars into that campaign. So Hundreds. I guess I guess it's just it's up for us workers to yeah. bring uh, you know build strong unions or something because mm-hmm. they're going to keep undermining workers' rights. And I just want to point out like this isn't uh, this isn't um like I know we're sort of really down right now, but I just want to point out that my home country, the UK, um, the Supreme Court just uh, well a few weeks ago they declared that Uber drivers are entitled to worker benefits, right? Because of Uber drivers, mm. um, Uber drivers uh, literally took Uber to court, and they had done for about four years. It took four years to do it, but they declared. So it, it is possible. 
right? You can, and, and we can do this, but it's going to require a lot of mm -hmm. pressure, um, especially, and I think we need to, obviously the federal, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, the federal government is uh, a little bit of a lost cause. If we try and do it federally, it's going to be a lost cause. If we try and yeah. do it state, state by state, I think we'll have a better um We'll have a better chance of, of combating this. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our next story where um, Trump gave a speech at CPAC um, saying that he might run again in 2024. But um, let's go ahead and look at that. To lose the White House decisively four years from now. Actually, as you know, they just lost the White House, but it's one of those things. But who knows? Who knows? I may even decide to beat them for a third time, okay? So there you have it. He, well, first he goes on uh, still that he thinks he won. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks he won or he's just trying to pull, pull this false narrative. Why not? Um, Elizabeth, do you think he won? Do you think he still won? Like, he, do you think he, he won? Like, I, I mean, I mean, do you think he, think he, he thinks that he won? There you go. Sorry, oh. it's late, y'all. Oh, yeah. He's he's a sociopath. Of course. <laughs> In his little Trump world, he won, and he needs to come out and tell us that he's going to save America when it's like, we don't need you. We need you to just go away. Mm -hmm. For some reason, you were acquitted. Everybody's mad about it. It's not okay that he got away with the crimes and the corruptions that he did. And, and it's just like, just, just go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, I don't know if you've seen the numbers with the election, but it was, it was ra razor, razor thin. Like, I, I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was like 20,000 votes or 40,000 votes literally swung the election, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, uh, obviously obviously Biden had like millions more votes, but I'm saying in terms of, um, you know... Uh, Electoral college wins. Electoral college, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so and so if Trump had literally just come out and, and supported uh, mail-in voting towards the end, he probably would have won, right? Which is scary, really scary and i think i think the problem is is that you see what biden's doing right now and you gotta wonder like it's gonna it's gonna be a mauling it's gonna be an absolute mauling if he if he decides to run and i don't know man it's just it's just it's just it's just comic it's just clownery it's just fucking it's so comical yeah it's yeah. fucking ridiculous um orlando go ahead <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I'm like, how he's just like saying, okay, I won. It's like saying, like, all those, like, thousands of lies. He has said, like, the past four years when he was the president. And, like, he's saying, okay, so we're going to win for a third time. And I'm like, how if you're only a, how if you only can win two times? So it's like, his rhetoric is, like, stupid. And, like, <laughs> it's like saying a third time. So you're going to win for a third term? It's, it's just so. Like, oh, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and like apparently, like there was like a news article where like fifty percent, like fifty one percent of Republicans would leave the Republican Party and join the Trump Party. 
I mean, it's a good thing because that means like Democrats will like if Democrats stay in the Democratic Party, they'll most likely win. Yeah, they would just the be election. The vote. Yeah, it would be like if it was like Kamala, Pence, and Trump running an all-in-one election. Kamala would win easily because like they're splitting the vote three ways. Yeah, that that's a good point. Uh, Jason, do you really think yeah. he'll run in twenty twenty four? You know what? I, I couldn't even possibly predict, but I'll tell you what, he's a showman and he's playing to his base as he usually does. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how serious he is. Um, I, I, I don't believe he actually thinks he won the election. Uh, I, I think he has created a narrative uh, that mm-hmm. I, that I feel like, like he is compelled to stick with, you know, for, for his, for his branding purposes. I mean, that's really what this is. I mean, he's, he is, uh, he is, um, uh, you know, he's marketing himself. Mm-hmm. He's just continuing to market himself. I wish, I wish he'd go away, you know. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope our media, I hope our corporate media. I mean, the, the, the thing that gave Trump the edge uh, in 2016 over Hillary Clinton was the fact that the corporate media loved his shtick and they gave him some somewhere in the neighborhood of. of 243 speaking minutes for every minute that Bernie Sanders got on TV. I don't, I don't wow. know. What the range. I mean, it was some monumental upplay of Trump and downplay of Bernie and Hillary or somewhere, but the corporate media loves him. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's, that's, that's what he's playing to. He's, he's got a base out there. He really doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll make a run for it. I think it'll be disastrous to the Republican party. If he does, um, but I, I'll yeah. tell you what I, 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 if Trump runs again, we have got to get a def, we have definitely got to get a challenger there to Kamala Harris and make sure that yeah. you know if the Republicans aren't going to win because they're going to split, it's really we we can't allow uh, Biden Harris to, to to sail on through, especially yeah. because I don't believe for a second that the, these four years are going to amount to anything for but, the working class. Think, think, think of it this way, right? I don't know if you read the article, but he, he was considering um, either um, uh, someone of color or woman to run with him if he did run. If he did I, run, I right? That, yeah. And so, and so, and so, can you imagine if Candace Owens ran oh, with Jesus. him, right? You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying, and then, and then, and then, you, and then you get, and then she's on the stand trying to court the minority vote, right? And I think, I think the problem the problem is that people forget this, but in 2020, Trump did better with people of color, people Hispanics, he did. than he, he did in 2016. And so, and so, Democrats just like to assume that we have these people in our back pocket, or they like they assume that they they deserve their votes regardless of what they. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not true. They're, they're people like everyone else. Right, and so when you don't help people, they're gonna either not vote, which is probably what's most likely to happen, mm. or they're gonna go to the other direction, even though you know they know might they probably know that they're not gonna do anything for them. But it's just like a it's a protest vote. I, I speaking from experience in my home country, Brexit was literally that. It was wow. literally a protest vote. It was David Cameron, who is the most loathed politician in the country, came out and supported staying in Europe. And the uh, British electorate said, no, screw you. We're voting for Brexit because we hate you that much. Like that, a lot of it was anger and frustration at, at what they'd done 
and what they had legislated for years. And so to, to see what Biden is doing now and seeing all these things that he's just not fighting for or he's just blatantly just mm-hmm. you know saying one thing and doing another thing it's just going to feel this it's going to feel this yeah. anger it's going to feel this frustration and it's going to lead to this you know even if trump didn't run like you'd have what, what josh hawley i don't know someone someone yeah. Yeah. someone like <laughs> trump will use the same nikki rhetoric. haley nikki haley <laughs> imagine i'm just saying <laughs> carlson <laughs> the republicans you know and the majority even though a lot of them might be the ideology might be mm-hmm. racist or misogynist if someone of color or a woman did run they wouldn't care they'd vote for them and and it, w- it would benefit them yeah. so that's how identity politics can be used to you know really do damage against uh, the people it's meant to help um and I, I, my last point, sorry, I know I'm going on here, but um, I mean, before Trump left, he put all these things in place so he could catch out Biden. Like he, he, want, he, he put in place a withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. He put in place a, a, a hold on insulin prices. Um, and then Biden comes in, completely reverses all these things. And c- you can imagine the political talking points in a campaign where Trump is saying, like, he. We know he's lying, but for people who aren't politically literate, right, he could just go on and on and go, Biden, Biden's keeping forever wars in Afghanistan. I wanted to withdraw troops at the last minute, even though he could have done it his whole presidency. But yeah. imagine the framing of this. And you see what happened today with cinema, you know, doing the thing like that. Imagine Republican just playing that over and over and over, even though we all know Republicans, every single one of them voted against a $15 minimum wage increase. But mm-hmm. just the theatre of it alone will drive people to either not vote or vote against their interests. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Agreed. anyway. Agreed. Very, very, uh, very cogent analysis there, Thomas. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on. Now, there's a lot of talk about schools reopening. Some schools have already done so in California. And as someone who has um, nieces and nephews, hell no. Hell no. Everyone hasn't been vaccinated yet. You still have this worry about multi-generational. A lot of people live in multi-generational homes. These little brats are going to bring them. Um, bring the Rona into these homes and get aunt and uncle and grandpa sick. I say it out of love. I love you all, my niece and nephews, but still. <laughs> but, um, Orlando, so uh, you came on because you originally wanted to talk about this. Um, yeah. it's in it, the Pomona Unified School District has been making um, some uh, decisions on this. Go ahead and fill us in. Yeah, so, um, they're planning to reopen schools as early as April 15th. And so then um, the teachers had a teacher development day where they would go to schools and go to the classrooms. And the way they're doing it is like, you're just going to be like, move, like for high schoolers, you're going to go to three different classrooms in four hours. And like, what if there's someone who, like for me, for example, I got coronavirus during the holiday season, like during Christmas, and I was asymptomatic, so I didn't wow. know I had coronavirus. So I could, I would have been spreading it 
to every if I were in school right now and I was asymptomatic, I would have spread it to so many people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the only reason the schools are opening is for money. Yeah. And so then there's also controversy happening around Pomona um, PUSD because they're planning to close down three schools because of supposedly there's not enough funding yet they're speeding up the process to get more funding from the state to reopen schools. So I don't get the wow. bullshit that they're saying how they're going to close down these schools because there's not enough funding yet they want to be the first school districts, uh, school districts to open to get mm-hmm. funding from the state. I'm sorry, I just want to ask, are they tying, are they tying uh, funding to reopening? Is that is that what's happening here? Like, they're, they're, yeah. they're tying, yeah. Yeah, that's what most school districts are doing, like, because yeah. the, like, the governor said, if you guys reopen schools <clears throat> earlier, we'll give you more funding, you know? Wow. It is Capitalism. Capitalism. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go oh, ahead, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that the COVID relief money for the schools was tied with opening or incentivizing districts to open up sooner. I didn't know that. That is literally the sickest thing I've ever heard. And not only um, like the talk about schools reopening, but we have had um, Texas, Mississippi, Arizona uh, lift their um, mask mandates and go to 100% full reopening. (laughs) And it Guys, we're not out of the woods yet. It's disgusting. Jason, what do you think about this whole talk of reopening? Um, so I, I got kids in school. Uh, I got two teenagers to, that are that are uh, faced with my districts here, are, are thinking about putting kids back into school in a somewhat hybrid situation here in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, um, I'm nervous about it. Listen. I, my, my kids want to go back to school. Uh, I, I got to say, you know, for, for a 15-year-old, a 17-year-old, their, their social life has been trashed through this pandemic. Uh, they're bored, staying at home. I mean, I get for them, they're like, thank God. I mean, would you imagine kids are going, thank God I'm, I can go back to school, you know? But, yeah. but the reality is my, my, my wife works with cancer patients. She's had the, she's had the, the vaccines right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we've been super careful around this household. Uh, just because if my wife catches it, she can't go go do her clinic work. I mean, so mm-hmm. you are. You, I mean, it is. Imagine here. I, I guess the thing that I, I really want to say is um, with, and I'm reading an article right now. It's on Newsweek. It's about um, the the uh, California's largest teachers union says Newsom again moved the goalpost for school reopening. Um, and and so it sounds like whatever Newsom has on the t- on the table is not satisfactory to teachers. Yeah, what a um, surprise! What yeah, exactly? What a surprise! <laughs> but imagine if we went if we went back to March of a year ago, April of a year ago, and if we had a Congress who just got their act together to pay people to stay at home, we would mm. not be dealing with this a year later. Yeah. That, is, yeah. that is that is true I, i'm you know we have had a year's worth of inaction on real covid protections for the entire country states doing their thing here and mm-hmm. there um i i gotta give myself my um my own governor jay inslee some props i think he had the best response to covid we shut down mid-march we kept it shut down um 
but but you know we didn't we didn't leave it shut down long enough and 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 because the people in the state uh were weren't subsidized to stay at home we had the fairly sizable right-wing population in washington state calling for jay Inslee's head so he was moving to you know well same here in california people are calling for governor newsom's uh recall it has almost yeah Yeah, good reason Uh pay people to stay at home you know that's it pay people to stay at home until this thing is over and done you know the it, it we we could get it done out of the way pay people they say they have vaccines that they have enough doses for everybody to be vaccinated by like what the end of may yeah pay people stay home until the end of may get them vaccinated you know imagine that I, yeah imagine that is, yeah and um, also like go ahead go ahead and oh, like for students they're the only the Pfizer vaccines only available for students over Anybody over age of 16. So, like, little kids and, like, middle schoolers and, like, lower classmen in high school, we're not going to get vaccinated anytime soon. We're going to be, we're going to be, um, what's the word? Not prone to COVID? You're prone to getting it? Yeah. I'm making words up at this point. You're going to be exposed, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to be exposed. Exposure. Yeah, I mean, the teacher might, just... it will be. Yeah. I'll go ahead. Uh, I'll fin- Orlando, finish up, and then we'll go to Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, the teachers will be vaccinated, yes. They're going to be okay, but what about the students who don't have the best health system, you know? Yeah. What about the students who live with five different, five other families in one household because they can't afford rent? What if mm-hmm. they bring the COVID to that household? What if that household with five different families has an old woman in there or an old grandparent in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. has who has had diabetes, cancer, health problems. They could die. It's scary. But remember, Orlando, yeah. your grandmother's got to die for the economy. Just remember that. Uh, well, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I'll be, you know, I'm going to be super cynical in responding to that, Orlando, is that, you know, since since they're not interested in giving us health care, and since old people and and sick people are are a burden to the health care system in terms of profits, you know, they are the most expensive people to take care of. I'm telling you what, I don't know that they, I, I don't know that the the bean counters who are making these decisions really care if 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 our grandparents uh-huh. or or our or our sick uh, and and medically fragile uh, friends and neighbors. Uh, make it through this i really don't know it's yeah. a horrible thing to say yeah but i think people are people are making decisions based on dollars and not based on human life yeah, yeah. elizabeth go ahead uh there's like two things that i kind of feel um we find like there's two things that i'm worried about so um i understand that you know, low-income communities have been forced to be frontline workers and they kind of rely on that care that schools uh, provide for parents. Uh, so I understand their kind of like need for schools to reopen. Uh, but then I also heard that Pasadena School District was thinking of opening too. And it's just like interesting to see the different class dynamics because when Pasadena started talking about it, like parents who are engineers started uh, like zoom meetings and teach-ins and they were like how are we going to ventilate our classrooms and what are the you know the precautions we're going to take 
So, um, you know, adults that are with these children don't get coronavirus. Uh, another thing that I worry about, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I know COVID-19 is real. Um, I'm just thinking, what if we do go back to school and it doesn't affect us? So a lot of people don't get coronavirus and people die. I, I am afraid of what kind of thinking that's going, narrative that's going to create, like give maybe Republicans those talking points, like Democrats, make it political, right? And say, Democrats don't know what they're talking about. So, uh, and in Wayne in 2024 or in 2022, again, oh, it's real. I'm just, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have in these two months. Yeah. Um, All right, everyone. Well, that wraps up uh, today's episode of Okay, Now What? Thank you, Orlando, for joining on. Um, We're so happy to have you. It was really nice to um, have a a local Pomona progressive to come on, especially someone who's young. How old are you, by the way? I'm going to be 15 in three weeks. (laughs) See, well done. When I was well 15, done. I was, you know, not doing this. I mean, I was, you know, like, I was not doing mm-hmm. this at a level you are. And I think that's amazing that, yeah. you know, my fellow young, my younger Gen C folk are getting shit done. So thank you. Uh, now, yeah, we, we got to make sure we got to make sure that Orlando gets into Congress. Or yes. In there change the- <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, so thank you again for watching. If you are watching this on YouTube and Instagram, um, please give us a a follow on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. And also we are on Spotify now. So how about you give us a follow on Spotify and listen to us. Uh, if you're tired of looking at our faces, you can just listen to us instead. So yeah, um, please check us out. All the information is in the description below. And we'll see you next week. Take care, y'all.